want to share with us on the message that I've entitled, The Power of Choice. The Power of Choice. The Power of Choice. Now, let, let me just uh, say something here before we go any further. Where we are seated, God created man with a faculty, perceptual power of the mind to make decisions. I don't know if there's anyone that agrees with me. God has given us that perceptual power of the mind to make decisions. But I have observed that God is never in the habit of violating or interfering with that faculty. Some have surrendered this faculty to their parents. They cannot make a decision on their own, but they have to consult their parents for their parents to make decisions for them. Well, the parents, I think just a bracket here, outside the parents are like coaches. They can advise us, but the final decision is actually yours. And some have actually given this to their friends to make decisions for them. Just excuse me. So they have their friends to be able to make decisions on their behalf. But God has given us this faculty. Now, in the story that we have looked upon, Cain in this story had the willpower to choose either to go by the revealed will of God or to rebel against the will of God. The choice was his, but he did not go that path, and the result was a curse. But even if we go a little bit uh, backward, you find out that even Adam and Eve, his parents, had a choice to make, either to obey God or to disobey. The choice was theirs. The choice was theirs. The result was death and banishment from the Garden of Eden. I think all those stories are quite familiar with us. I remember the words of Derek Prince. Derek Prince says that we are where we are as a result of the series of choices that we made in life, good or bad. Even say that you cannot continue making wrong choices, wrong decisions, and end up a right kind of a person. The bad decision will actually make you not a good person because that will not be consistent with the will of God. But I want to echo the words of Derek Prince and also say to us today, we are even who we are today as a result of the choices that we have made in life. And then we need to understand that not making a decision is actually making a decision. Can I hear an amen? Yeah, you say that, well, no, I have not made a decision. Yes, you have not made a decision, but not making a decision is making a decision. There are many people today that are crying. They are bitter about life. They are frustrated. They are hopeless. They are miserable. They are jealous of others. Entertaining self-hatred. Entertaining self-pity. And wishing they were not even born. 
But if that is your case, I've come to speak to the right person. And I want to propose to us today that the Lord is a loving God. The Lord is merciful. The Lord is compassionate. You and I can have a fresh start in right decision making. But we need to hear what God has to say to us this morning. But we need to understand that we cannot really make it in life apart from the will of God for our lives. Then the knowledge of God's will coupled with obedience is quite cardinal. The knowledge of the will of God is important. If we are to have a sense of purpose in life and be able to make right kind of decisions in life. I want you to understand that not knowing the will of God is no excuse. You will not be excused that you, would not, you did not know. Not knowing the will of God is no excuse. We need to seek God. We, excuse me. We need to seek God and know his will. I wish that we were, we were sitting closer. Then you could turn to the person next to you and just say, you need to seek the first of the Lord. You do not just need to just go by the crowd and following what everybody is doing and stuff like that. You may actually be going the wrong direction. But it's no excuse not knowing. If you go to the book of Luke, the book of Luke chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 47 to verse 48, and we are not going to dwell there. But I just want to, to throw this thought across to you and to me. That servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. <laughs> That's the word of God. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. Hey, did you hear that? You do not, you know. The servant who knows his master's will, yet does not do it, does not do what God requires of them. The Bible says what? He will be beaten with many blows. But he who does not know his master's will and does something deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. But the common denominator is that they will be beaten anyway. The only difference is that the other one will be many blows, the other one will be few blows. But all, all, all the same, it will be, they will be beaten. So then I want you to say to yourself, not knowing the will of God today is no excuse. You need to seek the will of God for your life. The will of God in Cain's story is manifest. Here, here it is, actually in God's word. We are going to follow that up. And God said what? God says, why are you angry? Now, I want you to be able to take this as simple as it is. Why are you angry? Did God expect him to be angry? God did not expect him to be angry. God did not expect him to be angry over this matter. But Cain willfully chose or decided to be angry. There are certain things that we first with in life that can even anger you. But you can choose to be angry, but you can choose not to be angry. 
You can choose to be bitter, but you can also choose not to be bitter, but to be better. The choice is yours. And here in Cain's story, we see that a choice was his. Further on, God asked him a question. Why are you downcast? God did not expect him to have a downcast face. God revealed it to him. He did not need to be, to, to be downcast. But Cain chose to have a downcast face. There are many times we are overwhelmed with what we are going through. And we are downcast. We feel sorry for ourselves. We, we have pity party and stuff like that. But let me tell you, the choice is yours. The choice is mine. The Bible says here, if you do what is right, God was gracious. Come on. He was not only gracious to Cain, he's also gracious to you. He's gracious to me. He's gracious to his people. And expected him to do what is right. Come on. Are you getting what I'm saying here? So, he expected him to do what is right. And his offering was to be accepted. But I don't want to get into theology here as to why he's, uh, he's, you know, there are some people that are saying, well, it was because it was not a blood sacrifice. That's why God rejected it. I don't want to go into that theology. I just want to leave it there. So, Cain did not want to do what is right. He did not even ask God. to say, God, what do you want me to do? What is that right that you want me to do? He did not ask, but he was angry. I believe his anger was simply because God had accepted his brother's offering. And has looked upon with favor. And then he was angry with that. And I, I, I think this sounds familiar in some of our churches out there, but not here at Open Church. Where somebody is doing something and the favor of the Lord is upon their lives, instead of us seeking the Lord so we could have his hand upon our lives, that we do that which God wants us to do in the right way, but we hate that person. And this is why I say sometimes that uh, it becomes like we are referees. You are not doing anything, but you are always finding fault. Now that one does not even sing nicely. That one does not even do that one right. That one, that one, that one, that one. Come on, stop that nonsense. Just seek the face of the Lord and do that which is right. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying here? We don't want referees in the church. We want everybody to participate, contribute, and add value to what is going on. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying there? Now, I want you to look at something here. God never challenged Cain. Do you know that if you, uh, well, if other brothers somewhere there out in, 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 in Dollar, not here, I think if we were in the place of God, we would actually rebuke Cain. And say, Cain, you are a liar. You ain't do anything. Hello? Cain, I created Abel. You are not going to do anything against him. You are not going to kill him. Try and you'll find out. Come on. 
But do we see God challenging him that way? God did not challenge him, but God appealed. God expected him to do that which was right. Come on, are we together there? So God persuaded him, hey, I'm not a God of injustice. I'm a God of justice. I know you and I want you to do that which is right and your offering will be accepted. But if that was the case, then if I was Cain, I would have said, God, yes, can you help me? I want to do that which is right. But he did not do that. The choice is ours. We are where, where we are. We are where we are. We are who we are as a series of choices that we have made in life. In most cases, we want to blame somebody else for where we are and for who we are and for what is happening around our lives. Let us stop blaming people around us. Let us seek the first of the Lord and the Lord will reveal himself to us. Say the choice is mine. Say it again. The choice is mine. I would like to give an, an, an example here. I was in Zimbabwe and uh, pursuing my further training there. And I was uh, with, together with a friend of mine, uh, Sosten Banda. You may not know him. And I had a very nice Bible. And that Bible, I loved it very much. And then I did not really want to give it away. And then God spoke to me. It says that uh, you get this Bible and give it to that brother. And then, uh, please don't, uh, I want you to be sensitive. I was not sensitive. And then I said, get it behind me, Satan. And God says, no, it is not Satan. It's me. I want you to give that Bible to that brother, and that, that's it. And I, when I was convinced that it was God, but I was reluctant about it, but anyway, I obeyed. I went ahead, but it was painful, but I went ahead and gave it. This man began to celebrate and began to worship the Lord, and he actually thanked the Lord that the Lord had remembered him to provide for him. But the choice was mine, either to hold on to my Bible and not give it to this man, or to give it him. Come on. Are you getting the point here? Now, I want us to look at some biblical examples of people that were faced with a choice to make, with a decision to make. Of course, now, this should not be confused. That, oh, no, no, how can we promote our own choices and stuff like that? But let me tell you, it has to be consistent with the knowledge and the will of God for our lives. Biblical example. So I want us to look at some few biblical examples of the people that use the power of choice on the basis of the knowledge of God's will coupled with obedience. The first one that I want us to be able to look at here is Moses. Moses knew the will of God. Do you know the will of God for your life? Or are you just... Uh, one of those people, those people that is part of Open Church, you're just coming as a member day in and day out, but do you know the will of God for your life? There's something in Open Church that only you can do. Uh-oh, uh-oh. 
come on, there is something in this church that only you can do. Come on, God does not have two of you. He has got you and only you can fulfill your purpose in this place and add value in a special way. Hey, what is the meaning of that silence? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, are, are, we, are we together here? God wants you to be able to contribute. So now, look here. I'll read this. You can read for yourself at home. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 uh, to verse 26. You can look it at home. But now, listen. By faith, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Hey, come on. Moses was to become the next Pharaoh. He was actually to go onto the throne. But somewhere, somehow, there was an understanding, the revelation of the will of God for his life. He refused. That refusal was a decision he made, was a choice that he made. He did not sit back, but he chose to get out of that comfort zone and not to be called Pharaoh's daughter. He chose, look at that, and the, the Bible here, verse 25, says he chose to be mistreated. How many of us will know that here I'll be mistreated and will go anywhere? But I believe we'll be able to say, ha ha, I know where not to go. But he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a short time. How many today of course, please, I, I, I'm part of this. But I've seen it out of my many years in ministry where people compromise. They live a life of sin and make excuses for it. Come on, are you getting the point here? They live in sin and they are comfortable. Come on, you cannot be comfortable living in sin, in pleasure of sin for a short while and you are at rest with it. No, it should not be that case. Some of us, we, were, we grew up and we were, we were having our friends. And if I came to where my friend was, where they'll be able to say, hey, the pastor has come. He does not listen to nonsense. Let us behave. But sometimes uh, we have people here, you hear people talking nonsense, and then we are there, and then we sit back, and then we are not doing anything. You ought to be a light in that darkness. Come on. Are you getting the point here? So now here, Moses chose to suffer with God's people. Verse 26, the Bible says, He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of a greater value. Yeah. May God raise the Moses in our generation. People with this kind of an attitude. Because he knew the will of God. He understood but he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value. May we embrace that kind of a heart and spirit here. He says a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to the reward. Some people are, are like Esau who actually saw the soup. Come on, he did not look at his birthright. Come on, young people. I'm glad to be part of this church because this is predominantly youth. May you hear what God is saying to us this morning. 
that we choose to make the difference. Come on, even when you are out of this place, let people talk about you. And when you are out of this place, how many people are going to talk about you? And what are they going to say? Probably bad things, but God forbids. Come on, may we live a legacy where when we are out of this place, they will say, there was a young man. Today we are talking about those Hebrew brothers, Hebrew friends, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and, 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 and Daniel. Why are we talking about them? They knew the will of God and they stood their ground to glorify God in their lives. May that become your choice to glorify God in your life. Come on. Are you getting the point here? But you ought to know the will of God. The next person here is Joseph. Joseph knew the will of God and feared God. May the fear of the Lord come upon us this morning as we hear his word that we may live in the fear of, of, of the Lord. But this man knew. How can I do such a thing? Genesis chapter 39 verse 9. How can I do such a thing and sin against my God? How can I do such a thing and sin against my God? Do you know that this man had an opportunity? Hey, uh, thank God the members are not here. The members who say, Apatebetalesa tapafuke chushi. So where God provides, I think, uh, uh, well, I don't know how to put that in English. There'll be no smoke. So here he had an opportunity. How many of us would have said, would have said like Joseph, how can I do such a thing and sin against my God? I believe if it was some of the youth in other churches, they would actually have pushed the Bible with their, with their foot there and just go ahead and rebel and do what they want to do. And oh, you know, God is merciful and tender. God is going to forgive anyway. But if we sin deliberately, that is actually dangerous. So this man was even falsely accused, was thrown in prison. And mess, just imagine, he never looked back and said to, 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 uh, to Potiphar, no, this is not right, this is not true. Your wife is telling a lie. He just, uh, and then he was taken to prison, and he never said anything. He never sought to exculpate himself. He went to prison. And he knew he was actually fearing the name of the Lord. Come on. He knew the will of God for his life. I would also mention here about Jesus. Jesus knew the will of God. He knew the will of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7. The Bible says what? The Bible says that, Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. I have come to do your will, O God. He knew that. Even when things became tough, things became difficult, when he was, he was in the garden of, of, of Gethsemane, he was there, and he was praying, and the sweat became like blood, which means it was really difficult. It was tough. But the Bible says what? It says that, uh, hey, God, is there no way this, your will or your plan can be accomplished without going through the cross? Come on, are you getting the point here? 
It says again, but however, not my will, but your will be done. Why he understood. I want to encourage you. Be readers of the word of God. Allow the word of God to be part of you. You will discover in the word of God the will of God. And even the specific will of God will come your way. You will know what God wants you to do. Hallelujah. Come on. Are we together? Are we together? Now the last one that I would like to give you this morning is Paul and Silas. You know, Paul and Silas also knew God's purpose for their lives. They wanted to go in a certain direction. God would not allow them. They wanted to go this direction. The Holy Spirit would not allow them. They wanted to go this other direction. The Holy Spirit would not allow them. But when they sought the mind of God, they knew they were going in the right direction. But where they went, and it was a sad story. In Acts chapter 16, you're going to find out that uh, there they were arrested. And I would like to look at that part where they were thrown in prison, beaten, blood woozing. And I believe that uh, if I was Paul and I was Silas, I would actually be able to say, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I think we have missed God here. Because God, how would God allow such a kind of thing to be able to happen to us? Be beaten like this. Huh? To be... Now, listen. These guys were right there in prison, but if you look at uh, what happened, the choice was theirs. Either to feel sorry for themselves, to be bitter about it, to denounce God and to reject the faith and stuff like that. But the Bible is quite clear about what these guys did. These guys, these guys where they were, if you look at that, uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 25. They chose to pray and sing praises to God as if everything was okay in their bodies. Come on, are you getting the point here? They chose to begin to praise the Lord and all the other prisoners listened to them. They heard them sing. They rose above their circumstances. We should not just live within our circumstances and below our circumstances. We need to rise above our circumstances to begin to put up the garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. I like that song that we sing here. I will say a hallelujah. Is that how it goes? I will shout a hallelujah, something like that. Even when things are not okay, I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on. Are we together here? Uh, somebody was dramatizing and was saying that God enjoyed that kind of a praise. It was really a sacrifice of praise. Even in their pain, they went ahead to begin to praise the Lord and to be able to worship the Lord. They praised the Lord. And now somebody was saying that God enjoyed the praise. And as he was going like this, you know that sometimes when the song goes nice, we begin to go like that. And then it's a, when God began to do like this, there was a shaking the chain fell off. <laughs> oh, please, don't, don't, don't go that path. <laughs> I just said, some preachers can, can actually come up with stories. That is, uh, he was doing like this. And then, all of a sudden, you know that that's the foot of God. And there was a shaking, and the chains broke. Come on, are you getting the point here? In this life, you can either be bitter, or you can be better. 
The choice is yours. I've come this morning to be able to encourage us to seek the will of God and to capture his mind and actually do that which is right in our lives. Hello. Are we together there? That's why I'm calling us to examine ourselves today. We need to examine ourselves today. How are we living our lives? Do you know that sometimes we can pretend because probably nobody is seeing us. But I think true Christianity is who you are and what, we, what you are when there is no one seeing you. Come on, are you getting the point here? One day I was, uh, I was, in, uh, I was in Dar es Salaam and uh, we went to pick up a vehicle for my senior pastor. And as I was standing there at the, this office that was to help us with clear, clearing that vehicle and stuff like that, so there passed by me um, a young lady that passed there. And I was not even looking at her. And then comes this guy whom I've never met in my life, and he says that, hey, hey, you, you, you are standing here, you can't see that beautiful lady. And he said, I, I felt like, well, this was a, a demon in human form. But <laughs> come on, how do you? I'm a visitor in this country. Why should I do? And in, for that matter, I'm married and I love my wife. And so, what do you want me to do? And just say, uh oh, just say, excuse me, I have a problem with my laptop here. So there it was. I stood my ground. I said, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to go by your advice. I made my stance clear. I stood on my ground. So how are you living your life? I want us to rise to our feet this morning and just make a reflection with our lives. How are you utilizing the power of, of choice that God has given to you that God is not violating? Do you know God personally? Do you know God personally? Do you know his will for your life? Are you living in obedience to God's word? Are we casual with our lives? Are we leading a defeated life? The choice is yours and mine today. How is your life? Now here it's you between you and your God. How is your life? How is your life? Just where we are, let's just uh, say a few things to the Lord right now. If you want to make amend, maybe you made mistakes in life, but God can be able to give you a fresh start. You only have to discover his will. And if you ask him, he will reveal his will for your life. <laughs>